This is the Payback Time Podcast, where we interview driven individuals who have achieved or are well on their way to achieving financial freedom. We break down the steps required to generate leveraged income, including but not limited to stock investing, online business, traditional business, and real estate. Each episode breaks down the mistakes made, victories achieved, and the overall journey that led them to where they are today. Sean Tepper is your host, and here is today's episode. My next guest owns an IT company that builds software applications, mobile apps, and websites. And he also owns a really cool service business that builds email marketing templates for MailChimp and Constant Contact. It's a great example of how to create leveraged income with a service business, especially with a really easy service offering. So we'll get into that shortly. Please welcome Dhruv Patel. Hey, Dhruv, how are you doing? Hey, uh, Sean, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to see you. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Excited to take listeners through your journey. So I want to kick things off here and start at the beginning. Um, Your education started in India, but you did have some education in the States. Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. Yes. Uh, So I have had uh, my master and bachelor here in India. So uh, I am a MSc computer science myself and uh, completed in 2006. And then uh, I have had uh, some sort of management course is in in, uh, in US. And then uh, uh, fortunately or not fortunately, I should say uh, in 2009, I have decided to come back to India. So I haven't completed that course uh, entirely in US, but yes, I have had a great uh, knowledge and great mentors uh, in the university, which I have been in communication at the moment. And it's kind of a lot of inspiration. And that university was University of Madison. Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Small world. See, uh, some people don't know, but I am based out of Milwaukee. So just about an hour yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. So you started there and you came back to India. And then did you work for somebody in IT or did you start Red Spark at that time? No. So, uh, when I came back, uh, it was a recession time in uh, United States and yep, across the world. Um, great recession, 2009. So I came back in 2010 and uh, I was very much firm to have a business from even my college days. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about Red Spark, uh, the name has been decided during my college days that this is going to be the name of business I'm going to have. Even the website and everything was decided and set up at that time whenever, uh, when even uh, I was even not sure where and how I'm going to start. So by born, I should say, I would like to uh, be a businessman, entrepreneur. And that's mm-hmm. how my grandfather uh, uh, advised or nurtured my culture overall. And then, uh, so, so in fact, I haven't thought of starting job or anything anywhere. I simply jumped into the business and uh, I've started uh, putting all of my effort and understanding and making sure that things are in the right place. Sure. So that's good to hear. Grandfather was a big inspiration and I know you have family probably in India. And then I did meet some of your relatives here in the States that they own real estate, especially hotels. Yes. 
right? So the entrepreneurial DNA is in the family, you could say. <laughs> uh, yes, but if I'm talking about my immediate family, uh, my uh, father, my mother, in fact, my wife, they're all teachers. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great uh, push from my grandfather uh, because he believes in uh, entrepreneurship quite a lot. He had uh, he uh, had experienced quite a lot of different businesses during his uh, 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 like you know younger age, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 he was believing into me that I can again maintain uh, this hierarchy and I can uh, able to deliver something to my family and to the nation or to the city, something new. So sure. that was a source of inspiration, I should say. Sure. So 2010, you start Red Spark, right? Yes. And starting a business can be one of the hardest parts of the whole phase of being an entrepreneur. So when you started, did you focus on just websites? Did you do the coding yourself? How how did you structure this business? So uh, when we have had started, um, we started with email marketing. Okay. So email marketing was uh, the key expertise uh, at that time. In fact, uh, uh, gradually we picked up and uh, started working with web development and the mobile application. Mm -hmm. But uh, so far I cannot do myself. I cannot program uh, at all uh, at at, at this stage even. So started with email campaign like a marketing and then we uh, separated that division and started with the uh, website and uh, mobile application at initial stage. So I think it's just one and a half month of uh, uh, duration uh, in between these two businesses. Really? So yeah, almost like that, not more, not more than that. Okay. So I have started putting uh, effort in a different way. So I'm very much clear in terms of client's expectation, how we can deliver better, what could be the best user experience. What I mean by user experience is uh, how our clients can operate the particular system infrastructure efficiently with less effort and with less manpower. That's my key forte. And that's where I have started development based on the requirement what we have received. And email marketing is my personal even uh, expertise. And I have had good team at the same time. So they were managing, delivering to our customer uh, uh, thoroughly. So mm-hmm. kind of more focused on development and mobile application than email. Gotcha. And it's all going well. And just for all the listeners out there, how I met Daruv was online, I think through a site like Upwork or could have been Upwork, but um, you helped with a few smaller sites and then you eventually helped me with a very, very large client, including GE. Um, So you, you have a very skilled team and I can speak to your not only technical expertise of you and your team, but your customer service level is outstanding. Um, so yeah, big accolades there. But when you started, did you, did you take out a loan? Did you have money in savings to start paying people or how did you build it? Let's, let's dive into economics in the beginning a little bit. Right. So it was hundred percent self, uh, investment. Um, I never believed in finance, like maybe getting some finance from bank or VC or angel investor. Avoid debt. Right. So I have had uh, invested all of my uh, uh, own even money, I should say, 
uh, I never borrowed even from my family at all. Uh, not even from not for par- not from parents or anyone. So uh, since I was very much keen uh, and clear that I'm going to do business, I was not sure I'm going to do IT or not. But that Red Spark was the name. I have decided. I have decided mm-hmm. in the past. So uh, I have had some sort of uh, uh, understanding in mind that in order to get started with the business, you would need some sort of financial at the initial stage to get on. Right, and I was I was saving uh, quite well, as 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 you rightly mentioned uh, through mutual fund. I have had uh, SIP continuous SIP, even though I was working, I was doing anything. I do I even right now I do make sure that we do have a right amount of SIP in place every month, so we can uh, sustain our future planning uh, efficiently. Even though right now. Uh, uh, like uh, uh, for kids education if you're talking about kids wedding and so on everything is being planned properly mm-hmm. so, S- yes, so this no, is no sip finance, sip systematic investment plan got it okay that's a new term i haven't heard before but yeah make, it sounds like in india okay gotcha it sounds like is it a percentage pulled from the employee's paycheck and invested every month uh no it's a it's a mutual fund. So, for example, okay. uh, let's say there are uh, some mutual fund where you can invest, let's say, uh, hundred thousand at once, mm-hmm. right? But in that case, all of your hundred hundred thousand could be uh, invested immediately. But maybe there are possibility that you might not have that money. Now you are making let's say uh, hundred thousand a month as a salary, for example, in India. Mm-hmm. But you have a, a 20,000 of SIP. So these 20,000 of SIP is going to be invested in mutual fund in distributed way. So 5,000 in one in uh, mutual fund, uh, another 7,000 in uh, separate mutual fund. So you can define that these are the five mutual fund I would like to invest 20,000 in a month. So every month it is going to be recurring like your, your, your loan amount, something like that. So recurring investment every month. Gotcha. So so even though the advantage of SIP is, for example, if you are investing uh, at once, if there is a market fluctuation, for example, for uh, whatever crisis, if market is down, then your valuation is going to be uh, down automatically. However, in SIP, every month you are going to purchase. So the average balance what you are going to maintain will be uh, uh, absolutely beneficial to you. So you will be not ending up with huge debt uh, even though market is down gotcha so in, in essentially these are mutual funds so it's a collection of stocks right yes yeah. correct yeah and um, within the united states mutual funds can contain hundreds of stocks within one mutual fund is that very similar to your circumstance right in india okay. as well Sure. Sure. Okay. No, that's, that's great. So you, you were able to start this business without leveraging debt. You had money in savings through investing and what, how are you generating your revenue? Were you working and going to school at the same time? How did you have income? So um, if you're talking about my income before business, uh, Mm -hmm. then yes, I was working. I was a professional. I was a quality assurance professional. Got I was it. working as a QA. QA, and, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so 
I have had a kind of a good repeat, a good history in terms of working, and then I have managed to deliver couple of projects uh, to our customer before even I started officially. So I have had mm. a very good uh, consultancy income at that time as well. Gotcha. Okay. So, so that made it a little easier to make this transition from working for somebody to starting your own business. And this is the key bridge that is hard for a lot of people to do. You're working from somebody, Great. stable income, and now we're starting a business. And what you did is you had some consulting income. You also built up savings so you could start that first business. Now, since you're more of a business development sales guy, leadership, right? You needed yeah. to hire somebody to do the actual technical work. Did you hire one employee to start or how many employees to start this? So uh, I uh, started with four people. Four, okay. Yeah, uh, because I believe um, having just one person would be a kind of a difficult. What I mean by difficulties is the communication overall. And let's say you are going to depend on one guy. There is no backup plan for that. Yeah, so, uh, and again, and again, if you're going to work as a team, like a two, three, four people, then again, the uh, momentum, uh, what you would like to build can be uh, easily uh, achievable. And again, you can nurture four people at once. So uh, even though moving forward, if you would like to produce these four as a leader, or if you would like to, if you are seeing those four as a leader, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And then you can put some people uh, along with them so they can you know handhold and they can keep going and again with one person certainty uh, let's say for example if he or she is leaving then again you have to do entire exercise in terms of onboarding training for another person making sure that you are passing your values to uh, him or her is going to be again a tedious and again you have to invest your time because as an entrepreneur if you are going to invest your time for onboarding uh, and employees continuously, then again, you don't have uh, time to envision your business or next step to scale up. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever lost money in the stock market? Have you ever listened to someone you know, heard a comment online, or tried to follow a trend and still ended up losing money? If so, you're not alone. A lot of people lose money in the stock market because they make decisions based on emotions. What if you could completely remove emotions from investing? What if you could make consistent returns in the stock market based solely on logic? And what if there's a software that handled that logic for you? I would like to introduce Ticker. Ticker makes investing easier, smarter, and faster. Before Ticker launched, it was backtested through the 2008 recession. Here are those surprising results. In 2008, the market dropped by 38%. Ticker was up 24%. In 2009, the market went up by 23%. Ticker was up 72%. And in 2010, the market went up by 12%. Ticker was up 96%. Ticker allows you to find great investments before they become mainstream news. It helps you understand when to buy and when to sell and it clearly defines why a stock is a great investment, providing you with the confidence to make a great decision. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R dot pro. Again, ticker.pro. Right. No, that's smart. You want a contingency in place in case anybody gets sick yeah. or leaves, and you want to make sure it's business as usual <laughs> so your clients are being served. 
um, and there's Absolutely. no disruption in the, in the output. So that's, that's excellent. Okay. So, and, and this is one thing we talked about in the past is these are actually employees. These are not contractors. Is that correct? Correct. It's a hundred percent full-time employee. We never hired contractors at all. Okay. Yep. That's a big difference here in the United States where a lot of people hire contractors part-time. So you're not paying any kind of insurance or um, income tax or anything like that. Um, so you, when you bring on employees like that, do you have to pay like income tax? Is that withdrawn from their check? Do you have to pay health insurance? Kind of break down what, what do you have to do? Yes. Uh, so there are certain uh, guidelines, certain uh, rules and regulation uh, based on the country separately. Mm -hmm. So in India, there are a couple of uh, slabs. So as an employer, employer, we are responsible to make sure that the TDS is going to be deducted and uh, deposited into the uh, government account. As far as insurance is concerned, there are certain uh, policies of government. There are certain benefit government is issuing with very, uh, you know, minimum amount of uh, money which can be deducted from their salary. However, at initial stage, uh, when we started, I uh, have offered insurance like a family insurance uh, out of the box, not even from government, but it was an individual policy which has been uh, taken care of. So. Uh, we have had individual policy for everyone, including their family member. And that was paid by us completely. We never deducted money from their account. So uh, uh, we always, I, I, I uh, and our, our entire management team and concern, uh, our uh, entire concept and belief is uh, we do work with the people, not with the robots. So we have to take care of their, their emotions, their, uh, you know everything I should say and and that's how uh, we put even though for example if we have to put extra effort extra mile extra investment on our people we don't hesitate to do that gotcha so this shows that it's even a little more difficult than the U.S. to start a business because you're bringing on people number one they're full-time and you're providing benefits like you want an extra mile to provide health insurance benefits yourself. So right. big accolades there. But what that does on the flip side is that focuses on retention. You're taking really right. good care of your people so they're going to stay with you longer. Yeah. That's true. Even so far, if you're talking about, we do have a people who joined us from day one. That's impressive. So that's, that's kind of reward what we are uh, getting at the moment. Mm -hmm. We never thought of that level of uh, reward or investment. We never invested considering people are going to stay with us, honestly. Uh, but it was like a human intellectual value which we have been believing. And uh, that's a byproduct of what we are seeing right now. And uh, our retention ratio is very high. Even we have had experience where people are leaving us for whatsoever reason. And they are, they are coming back to us. Uh, just, you know, uh, hmm. you know, you know, whatever it takes, please, we would like to work here as only here. And then, then they are, they are here and for forever like that. That's awesome. That says a lot about your, your leadership there. That's great. And, and yeah. what, you know, people can learn from this is you're going to spend a little more upfront on those extra benefits and taking better care of your employees. But in the long run, it's actually less expenditure because as we know, training new people 
is extremely expensive. And if you can avoid bringing on and training new people, that's huge cost savings. Absolutely. And even though in simple terms, I should say, if you're going to consider your people as a intellectual uh, properties and values uh, for you, mm-hmm. uh, put yourself in their shoes to understand their problems and, uh, uh, and take decision accordingly sure. will be a win-win situation for everyone. Even you don't need to put extra money or extra uh, effort or resources to retain them. They will be there for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so let's continue on this timeline. 2010, you brought on four people. And when did you see a, a significant uptake in business revenue? Was it within months? Was it within years? How it long took did that almost, take? It took almost one and a half year to uh, pick it up because okay. uh, at the initial stage, we were doing a very small task, very small project. I should say more or less focusing on uh, smaller websites like uh, like uh, four or five pages, like a business website, I should sure. say. At, and at the email side, uh, we have been dealing with the individual clients where they would like to send their email broadcast for Christmas or something like that. Uh, uh, gradually, one and a half year back, we could be able to uh, uh, prove ourselves as a uh, quality service provider. And uh, we have had a very strong portfolio where we will we will be able to, we would be able to uh, get into touch with agencies and the business like a B two B relationship where we have initiated. Mm-hmm. And again, within one and a half uh, year of business, whatever the customer base we uh, have had built. Uh, we do maintain that and retention ratio again with the customer, not just with employee. It was very high. So almost all of our customer, uh, uh, even for same, uh, I should say there are many customers where we could not able to uh, work with them. They, they they might have worked with someone else and they, they are coming back to us that we are still seeing some value proposition. Can we work on a same project from scratch with you? Mm-hmm. So. We do have a very strong uh, coordination uh, and confidence between our customer. So the repeat customer and then B two B relationship within one and a half year brings a huge upscale uh, in overall uh, uh, performance of RedSpark. Yeah, I'm sure that you could see the the transition there between new business sales was probably the highest in that first year and a half. But then you move into maintenance sales or maintenance revenue probably started to exceed it. So in other words, your retention of your customers allowed you to do more work and more maintenance. And you see that over time. That's that's huge. A lot of people overlook that. They're always hunting for the new project when it's like you've got customers right there. Right. Right. I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Okay. And that, that is very important part, I should say. So 2010, you get to a year and a half. How many employees did you have to have at that year and a half mark? So I think we were at that time like a 12, 12 or 13 people. Honestly, okay. I don't have exact number, but uh, uh, something tentative I'm talking about like 12, 12 to 13 people. Okay. Um, that's, that's good to hear. So then you continue on and you're doing websites, you're doing custom software. When did you start working on mobile apps? So mobile application within a year of operation, we have started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's so we uh, we never had uh, again in that part. I would like to highlight that we never had in-house mobile application development team. And then I have received one inquiry where uh, one of our customer where we have been dealing with website. They say that we want website. Uh, we want mobile application. Would you be able to do that? Uh, we said no. We, we don't have resources on board. They said mm-hmm. you know what? I don't want to go with someone. If you can find someone. You can outsource further, but I want to deal with you. And that's how uh, we get into the mobile application business. And then we started uh, uh, hiring experts on, uh, on board. Gotcha. Okay. So did you eventually bring on resources that could develop apps? Yes. You did. Okay. And what year was that? It's for uh, Android and iPhone. Yeah, and what year did you bring on that resource or resources? Uh, in in two thousand eleven, and I should say. Okay, so it's fairly quickly. It's a year. Yep. In a year. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's good to hear. If we break down the services, you've got email template uh, design, you've got websites, you've got uh, custom software, and then you've got the mobile apps. So really four. Yes four services under the umbrella and you're really uh, moving along well after that year mark it sounds like that's true and right now in fact uh, if if you're talking about email marketing we are mailchimp partner right. uh, we are the only partner from india and uh, have had a great opportunity to connect with mailchimp ceo uh, in the united states had almost week of time with them spend good quality time uh, have they have had uh, some uh, conversation how and what kind of features and uh, possibilities to expand in indian market so that's a good uh, good good part and success i should say so you you met with uh, ben Chester. ben and then ben Got and then um I just want to touch on something within uh, RedSpark. So when you built this business and you've been at it now from 2010, 2002, 2020, so 10 years, what was the biggest challenge through that decade? Uh, so far, uh, if you're talking about challenges, is uh, uh, more or less we have to be very much uh, clear in terms of policies and procedures. So while you are uh, having your own business, sometimes uh, you're putting a lot of emotion into the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a good sign, good part. But again, uh, what I strongly believe is you have to stick with your uh, policies and procedure, which is uh, your core, I should say. Uh, And and I think uh, at some extent, uh, during uh, like a last one decade, Mm-hmm. Uh, we missed to manage those uh, aspects and that's the that's the only challenge otherwise as far as uh, overall business is concerned in terms of uh, uh, employee retention in terms of client retention in terms of revenue in terms of profitability profitability mm-hmm. it's absolutely great there's no uh, technical or uh, any any challenges in that part so I should say we have to be focused more on uh, procedural part and uh, our 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 uh, own uh, policy part, and we have to regressively working on that, uh, improving on those areas. Because if there is a policy which has been designed in 2010, won't work 100 percent in 2020. There has to be tweaked. You have to put that effort 
and if you're not going to do that at certain level you may uh, face uh, challenges which are going to be very difficult okay so to dive into that further the policies and procedures is that really the is that the efficiency around like each employee and how they operate day to day I think more or less it is uh, uh, evaluating your uh, employees and same evaluating your clients Got it. I should say both both these side. You have to consider both because both are equally important for any business. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a great people to deliver, you cannot uh, sustain. If you don't have a great client where you can back on, you cannot uh, right. scale up. So it's a, a policy and procedure and analysis on both the side. Gotcha. Okay. So do you have an operations person that helps you with this or do you carry yes. the weight? Okay. Uh, we do have operations. So still i'm i am uh investing my time i'm learning continuously and i'm making sure that i am also a part of operational team because until and unless i don't understand what's going on there is no possibility to uh, improve there is no possibility where i can tweak things to make easier for customers and our people so i do uh put myself into operation equally with same other uh, uh, project managers on board. Sure. Okay. So that that's a good understanding of how you split up your responsibilities in the business. Sales is probably the biggest priority, yes. you know, business development and then operations. <clears throat> what is the percentage split between sales and operations? Would you, would you say it's like 70, so, 30? Uh, I should say like a, 60 40 60 sales 40 operations because uh, what i do believe sales is again very much important but if you are not having operational efficiency whatever numbers you are going to get in won't turn intense into the profit right yes yes so that is the most important part i'm a big fan of increasing the efficiency of business operations because you right. can you can really increase your profit margins. You can have great revenue, but if you're chewing it up with all this wasted time, you've got nothing left at the end of the day. You're not going to... Absolutely. And I agree. Even I, what I believe is, for example, if you're uh, having a turnover of 100,000 and if you are having a profit of 20,000 and if you have a one... Uh, like 100,000 of uh, business and your profit is almost 100,000. So if you're talking about percentage, it has to be higher. It doesn't matter how uh, volume, how much volume you are producing. So overall, what you're earning, what you're making and how much you are reinvesting your, into your business is very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for that operation efficiency is very important. Um, let's talk about clients across the globe. So if you were to break down your top five countries you serve, what kind of percentages are we looking at? Because obviously you serve the United States, you serve companies in Europe. Um, can you break that so, down a little bit? Yeah. So majority of our customer base, uh, if you're talking about is US and UK. Okay. And uh, there's a plenty of business, I should say, from uh, uh, Asian countries, even like Hong Kong and Singapore. Okay. And uh, uh, UAE, like our Gulf countries. Gotcha. These are the these are the five uh, uh, top five uh, 
customer base we we do have at the moment we okay. do have a customer in australia and new zealand and couple of other countries uh, and continents like uh, australia sorry africa i should say but these are five major i should say uh, and percentage wise like uh, more or less uh, 30 uh, percentage from uk okay uh, almost uh, 25 uh, 25% from us mm-hmm. i should say uh, and uh, rest from uh, hong kong and uh, uae gotcha okay yeah i want to touch on one last thing before we jump over to spark email which is how many employees do you have today so right now we are 45 people uh, right. uh, within an office there are uh, almost uh, 10 people remotely working at okay. the moment what i mean by remotely is not in our city uh, we would like to have them on our city but again as i told you uh, there are certain travel restriction which uh, uh, we would like to uh, make sure and handle and that's the reason we allowed them to work from remote so almost uh, 55 plus let's take a quick commercial break do you wish you would have bought some stocks earlier Imagine buying Amazon for $125 in 2010. Today, Amazon is over $2500. Imagine buying Facebook for $25 in 2013. Today, Facebook is over $200. Imagine buying Netflix for $60 in 2014. Today, Netflix is over $400. Do you feel like you find out about great stocks too late? What if you could find great stocks before they become mainstream news? And what if there's a software that found those stocks for you? With Ticker, you can find great stocks before what feels like the rest of the world finds out. Does this sound too good to be true? Check this out. Ticker was backtested from 1999 through 2019 and has proven to beat the market every year. The lowest return was 10% and the highest return was 96%. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. That's t y k r.pro. Again, ticker.pro. All right. Now I want to touch on Spark email. Now I really like this business model. Although it's a service business, it's really a a templated business which means you can improve your operational efficiency and in other words, you can increase your profit margins by quite a bit. So I assume True. you you don't have to do a lot of work yourself in this in this specific business. You have the right people in place and they can just go. right you are absolutely correct and uh, right now if you are talking about spark email uh, we don't i personally don't have to invest much time in terms of operations but yes i do always keep in touch with customer and to make sure their yep. uh, expectations are being met and they are happy with services it is a auto like a self uh, like i should say autopilot business at the moment so yes uh, it's it's something you let's say if you would like to send a broadcast for halloween simply you can uh, go to sparkemaildesign.com you can select what you want either mobile friendly or not if you want to have a gif in place nice. compatibility there is a order total if you need immediate services then separate cost 7 days separate cost 3 days separate cost based on that you can place an order and again the uh, beauty uh, overall retail uh, business if you're talking about in spark email there are, in spark mail there are two kind of customer one is b2b and one is a b2c 
Mm-hmm. So if you are talking about B2C, the payment is 100% advance. Uh, that's a uh, uh, so that's a good part, and B two C it's a kind of weekly payment. Got it. So touch on and, that. What is the B two B? Business to business. So there are certain right, agencies. Right, but what is the payment? Uh, is weekly payment. Weekly payments. Interesting. Right. Instead of monthly. Yes. So uh, let's say there are agencies across the world uh, where they are delivering email campaign designing and coding services to their customer. Mm-hmm. They are just. Uh, front phase however all of their back operations i should say are being managed at sparkemaildesign.com aha smart so, so you, essentially you have channel partners in place that leverage you guys as the engine to build these templates that's right. brilliant yeah right so and, and again uh, if you're talking about this particular side of business we don't need to keep a lot of effort in terms of uh, 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 like every day, two day challenges which we have been facing in programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a fixed structure. Everything is aligned. There's a CRM in place. Uh, orders are going to be uh, in system and in system automatically it is going to be assigned based on the expectation. For example, if someone is uh, uh, ordering MailChimp compatibility template, then the job is going to be assigned to the guy who knows MailChimp. So even though the assignment is going to be automated. So all the files and everything is going to be uploaded into the system and they will be notified automatically through system. There is no manual email communication in this. And what platforms do you work with? MailChimp is number one, but do you work with Constant Contact? We do work with Constant Contact. We do work with Active Campaign, Campaign Monitor, and uh, uh, like a Send in Blue, uh, Bronto. Uh, there's a big one like a Pardot. Uh, that's a Salesforce uh, sure. brand, I should say. There are a couple of uh, email clients, I should say. Okay. And what do you charge? What do you charge U.S. dollars? Like, is, do you do you advertise this as a? I know you said charge them weekly, but do you advertise it as a monthly cost or? What is? It? I'm just trying oh, to get an idea for our audience. It's it's, it's a per template cost. Per template cost, okay. Yeah. So let's say if you want to send for Halloween, and if you need a two templates, then it is going to be two template cost. There's no commitment at all. There, where you have to give at least five or six uh, template business to us. Got so, it. for example, if you are agency, there are uh, pricing brackets. So based on the volume, what you are going to deliver, there is a discount structure in place. Of course. Yeah. Vo- more volume, you you have a less unit cost. Correct. Yeah. So that's the mechanism for uh, business to business. Can you give an idea how much you charge for template US dollars? So uh, basically it start from $80 to $190, depending on uh, priority and the services. Uh, If you are going to put quite a lot of uh, features into email template, it may go to uh, $300. Okay. So we could... We could say between eighty and three hundred dollars, which for a one-time cost, that's yes. very reasonable. You have a very clean, very attractive template, and it's—I assume—it's going to be compatible on all email or most yes. clients, including Outlook, Gmail, Yahoo, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Okay. Yes, we do test. We do uh, uh, hand over the test report as well, okay. in terms of compatibility. 
and uh, also those templates are going to be reusable so for example if you are going to create some structure in mailchimp you mm -hmm. can reuse that template by changing the content picture as many times as you wish so is is not just a one time cost for biz, uh, it's not just a recurring cost it's just a one time cost if you are going to develop a standard template for them right and then if they want changes do they move into like an hourly rate uh, it depends on changes. So uh, again, we do have another uh, option where let's say, for example, if you do have a template in place and if you would like to have a, like a smaller, like a basic changes mm -hmm. and there's an option to adapt. So you can use uh, option to adapt existing template. So from your past order, we can adapt any template and we can put those content and we can send it to you. Mm -hmm. With this model, do you have any kind of reoccurring option in place so they could pay a monthly fee? Yes, we do have an option where they can pay monthly fee where we will be uh, uh, having a kind of a package, I should say, mm -hmm. where these number of emails are going to be designed. These are the uh, number of revision. For example, if you would like to uh, design one template and there is a, a five or six adoption uh, could be the possibility. So we do have a different packages, uh, like a customized tailor-made packages uh, for monthly fixed cost. Gotcha. Okay. So I just have a few more minutes here, and I just want to do a quick summary for our listeners. There are, are quite a few people out there that start what you would call an agency. You pretty much have an IT firm, which is RedSpark, and they use that as a tool to build some revenue and some wealth so they can invest in other businesses. And those other businesses, in my opinion, should be leveraged income businesses. And that's exactly what the Spark email model is. I love, I love the concept. You have a reoccurring model. You have a yep. low price point. It's easy to understand. It's not complex software engineering, which you and I know can, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> right. you can't build a reoccurring model on that. Absolutely, um, you cannot. Right. So this is reoccurring and it's, it's highly scalable. You only have a few people running this business, right? How many people yeah. do you have? Uh, uh, are you talking about Spark email? Spark email, right. So uh, almost there are 10 people uh, working okay. on that. Okay. So um, we're pretty much at time here. I'm going to hand it off to you. And uh, if you would like to take the next minute here and just let people know where they can find you. If anybody, um, if you would like to get in touch, I'm easily available and accessible through LinkedIn. And I think a great place to start also would be going to redsparkinfo.com. You can find great software engineering, mobile apps, uh, websites, and of course, email marketing. So, yes, absolutely. Right. So again, Drew, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Payback Time Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please provide a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. If you'd like to hear an interview from someone specific, please make a comment on the Payback Time Facebook page. If you're interested in becoming an affiliate and earning 30% reoccurring commission for simply sharing Ticker, visit ticker.pro slash affiliates. Remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only. If you heard any stock mentioned on this podcast episode, 
Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is copyright protected by Payback Time. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. 